You're listening to Comedy Central. April 2nd, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. stars on Blackish, and at 14, one of the youngest movie producers in Hollywood, here with her brand new movie, Little. Marseille Martin is joining us, everybody! <laughs> also, on tonight's show, the Trump administration is a threat to national security. Spring break has gone wild, and the rap song that's a little bit country. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, two months ago, the Amazon CEO and shaved Muppet revealed (laughs) that his nude photos had been leaked to the National Enquirer. That's right. They somehow got pictures of his Amazon package. And now, (laughs) the big surprise is how they may have gotten them. This morning, an explosive new claim that Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos was targeted in an alleged phone hacking scheme conducted by Saudi Arabia. Bezos launched his own private investigation in an effort to determine who leaked the intimate text messages and racy photos published in a bombshell National Enquirer story about the billionaire's extramarital affair with girlfriend Lauren Sanchez. Our investigators and several experts concluded with high confidence that the Saudis had access to Bezos' phone and gained private information. Okay, I give up. If the world's biggest tech CEO can get his phone hacked, The rest of us don't stand a chance. (laughs) Yeah, I'm serious. I'm just gonna go ahead and send my dick pics to Saudi Arabia right now. (laughs) Save them the trouble. They're probably like, no, Trevor, we don't want to see you. Ah, too late, too late. (laughs) You got them all. The third one's my favorite. (laughs) But seriously, though, like, you would think that Jeff Bezos would be impossible to hack. But I guess at the same time, it is Jeff Bezos, which means you can probably get into his face ID using any thumb. Uh, but all right, let's move on to some news from the Supreme Court. <laughs> Over the past few months, the newly conservative court has handed down rulings that are really reshaping the death penalty in America, right? They ruled against a Muslim prisoner who wanted his imam present at his execution. Uh, they rejected an appeal by prisoners who said that capital punishment is tainted by racial bias. And they've now said that the electric chair is now an electric standing desk. They say it's a healthier lifestyle choice. (laughs) And yesterday, yesterday the court said that a convicted killer who wanted to die in the gas chamber rather than lethal injection does not have the right to choose a less painful method of execution. Now, this is one of those weird stories because on the one hand, you've got a person that's murdered someone in cold blood. And it is a little strange that they go before the courts and they're like, come on, guys, have a heart, huh? (laughs) But if America's gonna have the death penalty, I feel like it's only fair to let people choose how they wanna go out, you know? I mean, you're still gonna die, so you should be able to say that you want to be waterboarded with milkshakes or or have Beyonce follow you on Instagram so that you have a heart attack. Literally, dad. (laughs) If I was to choose, if I was to choose my own death penalty, If I was to choose my own death penalty, you know, I would choose stoning. That's what I would choose. Yeah, 
Because I feel like, I know this is weird, but I feel like with stoning, I have a chance. Because it's the only execution where you can throw the execution back at them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, die! No, you die! <laughs> you might even get lucky and have an executioner who throws like 50 cents. Just a bit outside. <laughs> I sentence you to death! Ah, sorry, not you. My bad, my bad, my bad. All right, moving on to some local news. New York City is a city of firsts. First U.S. capital, first supermarket, first rat on city council. And now, the Big Apple is adding a new first to the list. New York City is set to become the very first city in the nation to levy a congestion tax on drivers. Governor Cuomo's congestion pricing plan gets the green light in Albany, but many people are seeing red, bright red. That's because drivers entering Midtown below 60th Street will be charged a toll with that money going towards the city's public transit system. You shove this down my throat just like you shoved the bicycle lanes down my throat, and now you want me to pay for it. I'm not happy about it. Not at all. Wow. <laughs> White Morpheus is angry. <laughs> Although, to be fair, any change makes New Yorkers angry, right? Like, they could build a new park and New Yorkers would be like, great, now you're shoving fresh air down my throat. Why don't you eat a bag of dicks? <laughs> but the truth is, New York has to do something about traffic, right? The other day, I asked Waze for the best route to Penn Station, and the message I got was, kill yourself. <laughs> I will say, though, this is a weird thing, but I do hope congestion pricing doesn't reduce traffic too much, though, because that's always my excuse for being late to everything. <laughs> if there's no traffic, I don't want to be like, uh, sorry I'm late, there was a Godzilla? <laughs> and finally, let's catch up on some entertainment news. When is a song that's been getting played on country radio suddenly a judge to be not a country song? When it's this song. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your horse. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Old Town Road from Lil Nas X kicked up some outrage along with its boot heels after getting taken off the Billboard country chart. While Old Town Road incorporates references to country and cowboy imagery, it does not embrace enough elements of today's country music to chart in its current version. Okay. This is a weird one. The song got kicked off the country charts. Because look, on the one hand, I agree. That doesn't sound like your typical country song. But on the other hand, Taylor Swift is now totally pop music and she still makes the country charts. So you have to ask. What could possibly be the difference <laughs> between Lil Nas X and Taylor Swift? <laughs> Lil Nas didn't break Tom Hiddleston's heart. That's what. <laughs> Look, man, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I'm tired of these fights about what genre music goes into. Music is music, all right? Like, if we are gonna make rules, let's just make them simple. Like, if there's a horse in the song, then it's country, all right? <laughs> if someone's being irresponsible with money, it's rap. And if your mom likes it, it's Michael Bublé. We're done, we're done. <laughs> it's simple. You know what, better yet, let's just put all music into one of two genres. Music you can smash to and music you can't smash to. That's all that really matters in life. Can you have sex? Can you not have sex? That's it. And it's clear which goes into each category. For instance, this. Yeah. Oh, we're smashing tonight. We're smashing tonight. And then this. I mean, I can make it work. <laughs> All right, let's move on to today's top story. 
the end of Robert Mueller's Russia investigation, a major scandal was lifted off the shoulders of President Trump. But this is Trump we're talking about, and he's got plenty of scandal to go around. We begin with a whistleblower at the White House revealing what she describes as serious concerns about national security. A whistleblower told Congress senior Trump administration officials granted security clearances to at least 25 applications, which had been denied and warning it could impact national security. Well, look at that. <laughs> the Trump administration being careless with national security secrets. Don't forget, this is the same guy who made Hillary's handling of classified information a huge deal during the 2016 campaign. In fact, it was the entire inspiration behind the infamous chant, lock her up. Which, by the way, they're still doing at Trump rallies to this day. The chant is so popular, it's been at the top of the Billboard Hot 100 for over three years. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'll be honest. When I heard the story first, I thought, it's actually great that everyone in the White House is getting a security clearance, because I think they need to read the same reports that Trump reads so that they know if he's making stuff up. Because Trump might say he got his intel from the CIA, but it could also be from a random tweet. He'd just be like, I've got top secret information <laughs> that AOC stands for America on cocaine. That's her plan, folks. <laughs> but as much as you want to verify what Trump is saying, it turns out you have to be really careful who you give that clearance to. According to this whistleblower, some of the disqualifying issues uh, granting security clearances to these 25 administration officials, improper foreign influence, various conflicts of interest, uh, personal conduct uh, issues, financial problems, drug use, criminal conduct. Uh, th this is serious stuff. People who have those things in their record or their past are susceptible potentially to either blackmail or to being compromised in some other way by, by foreign entities, let's say. Okay, that's really disconcerting. If President Trump is granting top security clearances to people who shouldn't have them, that's a pretty big deal. Because if you have a criminal or an embarrassing secret, you could be blackmailed by a foreign government. And then you have to do whatever they say. Oh, which reminds me, visit Peru. <laughs> it's a beautiful country where you can do anything except have sex with a llama. Now look, the truth is Trump and his people haven't been serious about national security from the beginning, right? Trump makes phone calls on an unsecure line, right? He's the same guy who told the Russians Israeli secrets that compromised anti-terror efforts. And he even uses the nuclear football as an actual football in a game of catch with Eric. Now, obviously that last one was a joke. He's never played with Eric, but... <laughs> Overriding security clearances might be the worst transgression yet, which is probably why Trump lied about doing it. Earlier this year, President Trump denied he had overruled security officials to secure a top secret clearance for his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. You tell General Kelly or anyone else in the White House to overrule security officials the career? No, I don't think I have the authority to do that. I'm not sure I do, but I, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't do it. Jared's a good... I, I, was, I was never involved with his security. The president had no involvement pertaining to my clearance or my husband's clearance, zero. But just days after that interview, the New York Times reported the president had in fact ordered his former chief of staff, John Kelly, to grant Kushner that top secret clearance. Ah, uh, you know, now that I hear it again, we should have known that Trump was lying as soon as he said... I don't think I have the authority to do that. <laughs> Since when has Trump ever questioned his own authority <laughs> to do anything, right? 
This is the same guy who thinks being president gives them the authority to stare directly into the sun. Huh? <laughs> but now, when he's in trouble, suddenly it's like, Donald, did you take the cookies from the kitchen? I don't even think I'm allowed in the kitchen. I, I'm gonna have to check the constitution. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know who did it. <laughs> so, so the president may have lied about his involvement in the scandal, but maybe the worst part of this whole thing is that the whistleblower, a career civil servant who has worked in both Republican and Democratic administrations, is being retaliated against for doing her job. Trisha Newbold has worked in the White House for the past 18 years. Newbold told lawmakers she and other career staffers denied security clearances for approximately 25 Trump administration officials, only to have those recommendations overturned. But Newbold, who has dwarfism, alleges her superiors retaliated against her when she raised these concerns, including taking essential files and putting them high up out of her reach. Yeah, that's a real thing that someone has said about this administration. Like, at some point, you're like, what is wrong with these people, right? It's like a bunch of middle school bullies were put in charge of America's government. Yeah, like, you're just hearing, you put a thing on a high shelf because a person has dwarfism. Like, at some point, we're gonna hear that they try to give Bernie Sanders a wedgie, you know? <laughs> He's probably gonna be like, jokes on you, I haven't worn underwear since the 60s. <laughs> and you know what, massive props to Trisha Newbold over here, the whistleblower, because even after facing this kind of childish revenge... No, listen to this, listen to this. Believe it or not, believe it or not, she still showed up to work today. After whistleblowing, that's gangster. Like, that is... And if they're gonna use who she is against her, she's gotta fight fire with fire. I mean, they're putting files someplace they think she can't reach, then maybe she should put Trump's files somewhere he can't reach, like his toes. We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to The Daily Show. Let's talk about spring break. It's when college students go on vacation and get drunk, you know, to take a break from going to school and getting drunk. But now, one of the most popular spring break destinations is feeling a little hungover. It's spring break in Miami Beach, where the party goes all night long. But mayhem is putting a blemish on this year's festivities. This all-out melee on famed Ocean Drive, one of several brawls across Miami Beach in the days since spring break kicked off. Even the roads to the beach overcome by bad behavior. These cars inching close enough for one driver to pour a drink for the passenger in the other vehicle. Okay, no, 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 no. I love a good party, but that is just wrong, all right? Also, what kind of people fight at the beach? Like, it's the most relaxing place on earth. Yeah, even when I try to start a fight on the beach, it ends up being fun. Like one time, right? There was some guy on the beach and I bumped into him and then he was like, what the hell? So I splashed water on him and then he splashed water on me and then I threw a beach ball at him and then he bounced it back and we've been married for 10 years. It's uh, (laughs) meet cute. But it turns out Miami really does have a beach violence problem. And luckily, their police are on top of it. Miami Beach police bringing the beats to the beach. They're literally joining the party, refurbishing an old Miami Beach lifeguard tower and turning it into DJ Central with a Miami Beach police officer as DJ. Police hoping this party-friendly approach will help make the crowds more mindful 
and keep things under control. Things were going relatively smoothly as cop DJ Christopher Mitchell gave out warnings while also working his turntables for the beach crowd. He gave out warnings while DJing? Who's having a good time? Too much good time. What are you... Like, police DJs has to be the worst emotional roller coaster because everywhere else in the world, when the cops show up, it's like, ah, oh, party's over. But my man was like, dude, dude, the cops are here. Party time! Every song is like this. You know, when you think about it, police actually uh, being DJs makes the most sense because cops are already the DJs of the road, right? Think about it. They just drive around with flashing lights. They wear reflective gear, giving out commands on the mic. Put your hands in the air. Put your hands in the air. Now, come on, get down. I said, drop the beat. Drop the beat. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> now, we laugh at this, but the poor citizens of Miami are so upset. So upset that they held an emergency meeting on how to handle the chaos. And I know that they're being serious here, but it's kind of hard not to laugh even more. I think what we need to do is we may need to make it a lot less fun to be here, unfortunately. People are smoking pot. You smell it up and down the street. There's motorcycles. There's half-naked and fully-naked women running around the streets. You know, I know they're all complaining, but it sounds like they're advertising how fun Miami is. <laughs> Everywhere I look, there's motorcycles and naked women and the cocaine here is the good shit. It's so wild. When I moved here a week ago, I was 20 years old. We'll be right back, everybody. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight recently won two NAACP Image Awards for her role on the ABC series Blackish. She executive produces and stars in the new film, Little. Please welcome Marseille Martin. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What this is that? so dope having you here. I have, like, the most respect for you, the utmost respect for you. You're genuine. You're, like, you're a mogul at an age when I was just trying to figure out how to get money to buy candy bars in school. Ah. No, you genuinely are. You, 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 you're kicking ass right now. First of all, congratulations to NAACP Image Awards this weekend. <laughs> When you're winning awards for Best Actress at this age, do you ever wonder, like, like if it, you're just done? Like, what do you do at 20? Well, I mean, I'm still beyond grateful. I'm really excited. So right. I feel like each one I get is, like, a surprise still. So hopefully at 20, I'm still winning them, you know? So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you, you, you have um, an energy about you that, that, that most people describe as, like, they, they go, you, you're still a young person, but you're really mature. Um, you are homeschooled, but you are well-adjusted. You are a child star, but you are normal. How? Well, I think that's just great parenting from my parents. Like, right. shout out to Carol and Josh, my mom and dad. I think they always, like, keep me grounded, and, you know, they're also my coworkers, so I work with them in my uh, new production company, so... But, like, 
wherever we are, it's still like, calm down, girl. Like, you gotta do your homework later on. Like, you know. You're an actress who's really successful in Blackish, and you are also one of the youngest moguls we've ever seen in Hollywood. You have a huge deal to produce films, and you, I mean, you've, this, you've executive produced this film, Little. Yeah. What's Little about? Well, Little is about a tech mogul who has her own company uh, called JSI, and she is the boss of everything. She is a spoiled boss, basically. Right. But the employees that work for her don't really like her as much because she is who she is. She's right. just a mean, not nice type boss. So one day someone twists her the wrong way, which happens to be a young girl who wishes her little. Probably just going back to her true self and how she was and just, you know, trying to make that feeling come back when she's older. Right. So uh, the guardian that has to become uh, the, her person to guide her is Issa Rae. Right. But her, her name is April in the film. And it's just their adventures, like just going back to, you know, where it started. You play this character who is genuinely, the best way I can describe it, an asshole. Um, <laughs> and what's, what's cool is, no, what's cool is in the, in the movies, like, your, your character just refuses to accept that she has now become her younger self. She's like, she's still the boss, she's still that age. But, like, she, she slowly starts to learn that it's, like, it's, it's not what it used to be. Do, yeah. you, do you think that people have a lot of that in life, like, bringing their past pain to, to what, they, what they experience today or, what they, or how they live? Yeah, I think so. I feel like that's just a thing that happens with adults, too, because I feel like when kids just have, like, a totally different imagination from where adults happen now, because, right. you know, when you're, when you're kids, it's just you have the freedom to do whatever you want, and then when you grow up, it's like, I got to pay bills, I got to drive, I don't want to that, <laughs> you know? So I feel like it's, you know, you have to really think about... Like, have the mindset of a kid and just right. having the freedom and just accepting yourself, too, so. Where, where do you want to go from here? Because most people, this, they want to get to where you are now, and then you, you, are, you are here now already. So where, where do you go? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Where do you go from, from here? Like, I mean, you, you could literally be anything in the world. Like, people say that to kids all the time, but it's not true. Well... <laughs> No, like people say, you can be anything you want. You can't. Half of them can't. Can't. <laughs> you genuinely can. Like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Uh, well, a long time ago, I said I wanted to be a legend. Like, when I was, like, very young. But right. I, still, I still want to, and I think I'm getting there. But I feel like... <laughs> 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 but I think it's just taking it one step at a time. I want to just keep on creating things that I, that I love uh -huh. and that is coming from a mind of... Not just like a kid, but someone that hasn't had that same representation when I was younger. Right. So just to make sure everyone feels comfortable when they see themselves on TV and, you know, just to relate to things that people would like to see too. So it, it just is, to keep on moving forward with that. Right. It, it is interesting that you say that. I feel like we live in a time now when younger people are not just consuming, but becoming creators. You know, I, I, I don't yeah. know if it's social media. I don't know if it's the access to technology that maybe previous generations didn't have. But you're in a position where you can create the world that you want to see. Whereas, you know, when many generations were younger, they just, they were like, that's the world. Yeah. So do you see that as an obligation, an opportunity to put faces out there that remind you of yourself? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I have so many friends that are doing amazing things also. Uh -huh. So I want to give them a platform just to speak their mind in whatever they want to do too. And just to put out new talents that you know, don't think their voices have been heard in right. the past. So just to give them the opportunity to say in whatever they want and speak their mind. Well, I will tell you this. You 
are definitely a legend in our books because not only are you super successful, I think you are the youngest guest The Daily Show has ever had in really? its history. Really? Yeah. Hey. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, congratulations to you. Thank you so Marseille much. Martin, everybody. Little opens in theaters April 12th. Make sure to catch it. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.